0: Right. welcome back to episode 14. Today, we're gonna to follow up from episode 13, which was all about starting to consider whether a garage gym is right for you. Today, we're gonna to be diving into how to actually organize that space, what to buy, how to build it out. And this episode is just gonna be very anecdotal from one mom, myself, who's done it to another mom, you. And even if you're not a mom yet, maybe you're trying to conceive or you and your husband are just thinking about creating a garage gym for your own health purposes. And today we're gonna be diving into how to organize the space, the essential pieces I'd start with, and kind of just in order after that, what I would add on. So that's kind of the plan for today. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey mama, welcome to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast, where you can learn how to stay fit, healthy, and feel good during and after pregnancy. I'm your host, Kelsey Lee Miller. I'm a certified pre and postnatal coach, and I believe as moms, we show up as our best when we prioritize caring for our bodies. When you're equipped with the right tools, you can show up confidently in your workouts, in the kitchen, and also in life. If you're here for that reheated coffee and those nap time workouts, you are in the right spot. It's time to prioritize your own health so that you can feel good in your skin again. Let's get excited for today's show. All right, so today let's go ahead and just jump right in. We're gonna be talking about how to organize the space. Okay, so last time I really talked about who it might be best for, like who should build a garage gym in their home or a home gym, rather, if it's not in your garage and how to kind of break that down and just look through your own personality and kind of what you're looking for to see if it's the right fit for you. So if you haven't listened to episode 13 on building a home gym, go check that one out and then come back and listen to this one. Okay. So when we're talking about organizing your space, If you know me, you know that I'm big on organization. I really strongly believe that if you're working in a space that's cluttered, it affects your productivity, it affects your mood, it affects your distractibility, and it just does not help you accomplish the things that you're trying to get done if everywhere you look is clutter because it's just distraction. So we'll start with talking about the most important things that I have learned when it comes to organizing your home gym. Okay. So this is assuming that you have listened to that episode 13, you've decided you want to do this. You have found a spot in your home where you think you can carve out some space to create a garage or home gym of some kind. Maybe you have like a spare bedroom or maybe it's in the basement. Maybe it's in your garage Maybe you've got like an external structure on your property that you can use. There's lots of options that, that you could really tap into with this. It just depends on where you're living and kind of what, what resources you have at your disposal. Okay. So first thing you need to start with is you need to grab that trusty tape measure and you need to measure the space and In the last episode, I recommended getting some four by six horse stall mats because of their durability and also the thickness and the cheaper price compared to traditional gym mats. So you've got to measure out your space, find out like, what are you working with? Is it 10 by 10? Is it 20 by 10? Is it 10 by five? Doesn't really matter how big or how small, it's just going to impact what you choose to put in there. So Measure the floor and then decide how many four by six mats you need to cover the floor. I would recommend covering as much as possible because it's just gonna keep it cleaner. It's also gonna protect all of your equipment and it's gonna protect the foundation where you're actually lifting the weight. So if you're gonna be purchasing a barbell and some bumper plates at some point and lifting those up and down off the ground, You want to have mats that are going to protect the foundation that you're lifting on. So we've talked about the mats. The next thing I would recommend is strongly consider upright storage on the wall. If you're trying to save space. Now you may have to reinforce the boards that are the wood that's within the wall. We had to put a couple two by fours across the frame to make that stronger. If you're going to be hanging significant amounts of weight, for example, we have two wall-mounted racks. If you go over to my Instagram, you'll see in my garage gym on either side of the squat racks, we've got wall-mounted plate racks. That's a lot of weight to be putting on the wall. So what I don't want you to do is go buy a wall mount, attach it to the wall, put all the weights on, and then it like rips your wall out, right? So if you're, if you're putting on, like 445s on the bottom horns, those are the little things that stick out that you slide the plates on and off of. If you've got 445s and then you've got 35s and 25s and 10s, like typically are stored on those types of things, you may have to get another board and put it across two of the pieces of wood in the wall to reinforce that so that you're not going to break your wall. Okay, so that's a really important thing. To be aware of, I'm also going to make a little YouTube video on this on my YouTube channel. So if you want to see how we actually did that, you can head over there and check that out as well. So that's the first thing I would recommend. I would also recommend getting some vertical storage for bands, it keeps them really easily accessible. You can grab one off at a time and it's not like a big clump of bands and just like a melt crate or a bin. So definitely use that vertical storage if you've got it. We got really creative and have used almost every single inch of vertical space in our garage, which again, you'll be able to see on the YouTube video if you wanna go check that out. Okay, barbell racks. So we actually got a wall-mounted barbell rack that stores your barbells vertically on the wall. And that one we did not have to add extra reinforcements because it is wider and it it goes across many of the pieces of wood that are in the supports of your wall okay so definitely consider doing that if you're going to invest in multiple barbells because that's just an easy way to get them off the ground they also make basically it sits on the floor and you can pop your barbells in there so that they're standing straight up which also might be an easier way if you're just planning on getting a couple. We ended up getting like six or seven barbells and a couple specialty bars, so we have both. But if you're just gonna get a couple bars, it probably will work fine just to get one or the other. And I will link the different options that I have in my gym so that you can see that in the show notes. All right, so once you've got those items, I think the next thing to consider is do you need an additional storage rack of some kind? If you're going to have yoga mats, foam rollers, if you're going to get cable attachments and even just storing things like kettlebells or extra bumper plates, things like that, just various sizes of steps, it might be useful to purchase like a gladiator We purchased a Gladiator storage rack from Home Depot. It's extremely strong. It can hold a lot of weight. And then we put plywood on top of the metal cage shelves. So it's like metal pieces of metal running across each other. But I wanted to be able to put kettlebells on that without them falling around. So we put a piece of plywood on top and it works great for storage. So... I will show you that in the YouTube video as well, but that's definitely something I would recommend if you have the space for it. If not, that's okay. Other things that I've got mounted on the wall that you might want to consider. If you're going to buy a rowing machine, definitely get the wall mount. And again, you're going to have to reinforce that with a two by four over the boards in the wall, but that is totally worth it. And just gets it off the floor so it's not taking up a huge footprint in your space it's just helping you save space in lots of ways as far as cardio equipment goes another cool option that you could try is a skier and that's essentially mimicking like cross-country skiing so the benefit of this one is if you have any type of lower body injury or you're in a wheelchair or anything like that that doesn't allow you to use your legs You can sit and do this one because it's really just using your arms. Now, that being said, you can also do this, obviously, with your legs while standing, and it mimics cross-country skiing more. So the skier, the rower, and the assault bike that we have are three of the best pieces of cardio equipment that you could get. Simply because they run off air resistance, they have a lot less issues than traditional cardio machines where you know, there's a lot of mechanical buttons and wires and things that might need to be replaced. These are very simple, they're very well made. And if you take care of them, they will last. We've had ours for years and have not had any issues with any of them. If I had to pick one, I would probably pick the rowing machine just because it works so many muscles at once. Essentially it's, I mean, it's working your back, it's working your core, it's working your biceps, your quads. I mean, pretty much everything except your chest and shoulders. So that's a really great machine. The bike is also high up on the list, but probably a bike or a rower if you're looking for a traditional cardio machine to put in your garage gym that you can just hop on at home. Okay, so those are some things to consider. You also, when you're arranging your pieces, you wanna arrange them in a way that makes sense. So the first thing that you're gonna have to consider is, what am I gonna put in here? How much space is it gonna take up? And I would strongly recommend finding one wall where you can put a couple of flat mirrors. There's a couple options for this. so. What we did, we have a house that was built in the 1970s, and we renovated pretty much the entire house. So we actually took some of the construction-grade mirrors from one of the bathrooms. These are like the big, long mirrors that come in those older homes. We took those off the wall, and we actually put those in the garage. And they work awesome because they're big and long, and they're just a flat mirror, and that's really all you need. If you don't have that, what you can do is go to Home Depot and they actually sell rectangular mirrors and we got four of those as well and arranged them in a set of four. So it's a nice large rectangle and essentially we glued them to the wall and that has worked really well. I can link the glue that we used and the mirrors that we bought in the show notes too. So that has worked well. They, it looks cleaner, I will say that, because they're all the same size and same dimensions, so they stack up nicely against each other. But I do think it's important to have a mirror of some kind just to check your form and make sure you can see what you're doing. Plus, it makes it feel more like a gym, to be honest. So once you figure out where your mirrors are going to go, where you can put your mirrors, on which wall that's going to happen, the next thing that I think I would recommend is consider, do you need a platform or not? Okay. So we built, if you've seen our garage gym, we've got two platforms and we've got two squat rack setups and we purchased a rig with a connection pull-up bar in the center. And the reason we did that is because my husband and I can be training at the same time on some days. And let me just tell you, at 5 a.m., if you're lifting early, the last thing you want to do is trying to have a conversation about who's going first and using what. Just get out there and do your work, and it's just a lot easier to have, two. and we had the space for that, so we wanted to do that. I would recommend that if you've got multiple people who are going to use it at the same time. As far as the platforms go, you guys, most of you probably will not need these. We decided to build platforms so that we could, A, protect the foundation of our garage when we're dropping heavy weight and doing Olympic lifts, but also B, because I have a small business and I have coached people in person in the past, I wanted to have that as an option if we were going to do Olympic lifts of some kind. If you're not doing Olympic lifts, you really don't need a platform. They, yes, they look cool and you can build them yourself. We just found a YouTube video and followed the instructions and it worked like a charm. So my husband and I did that together before we had kiddos and it's worked great, but you definitely don't have to have that. That's kind of an extra. So if you're not planning on doing Olympic lifts or dropping heavy weights on the ground, you really don't need platforms and the mats are plenty sturdy and should hold up just fine. So If you want to know how to do that, I would just recommend looking it up on YouTube because that's what we did and it worked really, really well. I'll actually see if I can find that video that we used for you. So, okay, let's transition to now that we've kind of talked about some considerations for organizing the space, I'll talk about essential pieces that I'd recommend you having. Like these are essentials. These are non-negotiables. You're going to need these because they're going to allow you to do so many things. Okay. So these are the pieces that I would consider essential. They are really versatile. They're going to allow you to do many different types of lifts and let's just get started. Here's what I'd recommend. Dumbbells. These are essential. The hex dumbbells, the black rubber hex dumbbells, I think are the best. If you don't want to get A ton of those, like if you don't have as much space, I would recommend getting a adjustable dumbbell that has several different weights in one set to save space, okay? But you need some type of dumbbell. The next thing you need is a stability ball, especially during pregnancy. You can also use this during birth as a birth ball I did, but it's very, very helpful for doing different types of pelvic rocks and stretches, and also just exercises. So this is a relatively cheap one too. So get a stability ball. I linked it in the last episode, the one that I have, and I really like it. A box or a bench of some kind is going to be necessary. If you're short on space, go with the box. If you can get the bench, get the bench, because there's so many exercises you can do with a box. And if you don't have the bench, you can kind of jimmy rig the box to make it work as a bench sometimes. But it's best to have both if you can. But if you can only fit one, I would start with the box. Okay. The next one that I recommend is mini bands. These are very small, they take up very little space, and they're very useful for many, many, many different things. Mini bands, and at some point, probably some Thera bands the kind that you can pull that's just a strip or like the long bands can be really useful too. So the next thing that you're gonna need is a yoga mat, really useful for warming up, cooling down, stretching, floor exercises. It's just a really good thing to have. There's not a specific type you have to have, but just something with enough padding to make it comfortable. And you can just lay this on top of the horse mats that you've put on the floor. The last couple of items I would say are essential would be the TRX. This is very, very useful. It does not take a lot of space. You just have to have a spot to hang it. I believe they have like a door attachment now for a TRX, but you can attach it to a bar, a pole, something that's just really sturdy. So yeah, a TRX is very, very useful. The last thing I would say is a foam roller of some kind. It just is going to help to get those crunchy muscles. When when you start lifting, some days you're just gonna want to foam roll before or after just to kind of get the crunchies out. So that's what I like to call it. But anyway, that's the essential pieces I'd start with. So to summarize, dumbbells, a stability ball, a box or bench if you can, mini bands, a yoga mat, TRX, and a foam roller. Additionally, if you were gonna pick a cardio machine, I would recommend an assault bike or a rowing machine. Okay, so moving forward, if you have room for all of those pieces and you can kind of push some of those against a wall, what I would add on after that in order are the following. Okay, I would recommend getting a really good overall barbell Some bumper plates and some clamps to keep the bumper plates on the bar. Then I would recommend getting some type of a squat rack or a rig. And this is where you can really get creative with the options that they have today. So if you don't have a lot of space, you can get a small one. If you have a lot of space, you can get a rig that attaches to the wall that also has a pull up bar and You can use that for more than one item because you can get a pulley system and do different various types of attachments and cables and bars and ropes that are connected to that pulley. So that can be really useful. The next thing I would recommend is getting a pull-up bar that's going to go inside a door frame if you don't get a rig because you will need a pull-up bar at some point point. Even if you can't do pull-ups or chin-ups and you're thinking, why on earth would I need a pull-up bar? There's still ways you can set it up to do assisted pull-ups and chin-ups with the bar in the door frame, okay? So that's what I would recommend after those first items that you purchase. Just based on utility, these are bigger items, which is why I'm adding them on kind of in the second tier because... I tried to give you the smallest, most efficient, bang for your buck items in that first essential pieces category that we just talked about. These items are larger. Some of them are larger, but they have many, many uses as well. Okay, so barbell and bumper plates and clamps, some type of a squat rack or a rig, a pull up bar that can go in your door frame. That's actually pretty small. And then, I would also recommend getting a bench. So if you can only get one bench, I would encourage you to consider an adjustable bench that goes from incline to flat. If you have room for two, we have an incline bench and we also have a bench from Rogue called the Thompson Fat Pad. I'm obsessed with this bench because it's so comfortable to lay on when you're doing presses of any kind. I especially love it for hip thrusts because it just has so much padding. So it does not hurt your back at all. It's not digging into your back. It actually feels really comfortable when you're doing hip thrusts on there and you just feel extremely supported. So I really, really love that. I'm just doing a little plug there. I'm not sponsored or anything, but I love, love that bench. Okay. So after that, I would recommend getting kettlebells of different sizes. If you don't have space for a ton of kettlebells, that's okay. They don't take up a ton of space. You could get three to five different sized kettlebells, like a 20, a 35, a 50, maybe a heavier one at 75, and you could do a lot with those. However, if you don't have space for five, you can also get an adjustable kettlebell. And I linked to this one in the previous episode, and you can make it different weights. So it's nice that there's options like this because they just save you so much space if you have to. If not, I do like the way a traditional kettlebell feels when you move it, and there's something to be said for that, but if we're talking efficiency and space, consider one that can be adjusted to multiple weights. Okay, the next thing I would recommend getting is some type of medicine ball that you can slam that doesn't have a huge bounce. So probably 25 pounds will be sufficient, maybe a 35 depending on your size and strength levels. Mostly I use a 35, but occasionally I'll use a 25 or a 45. But I would say stick with a 25 or a 35 if you're just gonna get one. The next thing would be a pulley system. So we have a essentially pulley system. It's basically just a wheel connected to a cable that's really strong that goes over the pull-up bar. And on the bottom, you've got two carabiners on either side of the cable. And what that allows you to do is connect to a piece of metal that is essentially like a weight plate horn with a support on the bottom. So you can load your bumper plates onto that, connect the carabiner on one end, and then on the other end, you're going to connect the cable attachment that you choose. So you can get, like, I would recommend getting a lap pull-down cable attachment of some kind, possibly a rope. Those would probably be my first top two. Then maybe a single cable after that. And there's some other cool options too, but I will show you all of those on the YouTube video as well. But it's very, very versatile if you can get something like that, because it just opens up a world of possibilities, especially when it comes to upper body. Now, all that being said, if you did have room, like I mentioned in that last episode for the monster rig, I would really consider purchasing that a because it comes with an automatic high and low pulley attachment. This one is only going to give you the high pulley, which you can definitely make work, but it just doesn't give you as much versatility. So anyway, there's lots of cool things you can do with a pulley attachment, as I'm sure you're aware. So after that I would probably get a four to six inch step of some kind and we actually built them so you can build steps like this if you want to and we put little handles on the side so they're really easy to move and I'll show you these in the video as well but I mean these these are really useful for if you're going to use any type of front or rear foot elevation in any of your lifts, if you're doing anything that involves a deficit, if you're doing any type of plyometric push-up, like all of those things are going to be able to be used on a four to six inch step. If you don't want to get those, you can simply stack bumper plates to make them as tall as you want. So that's useful too. After that, I would probably recommend some type of assault bike or rowing machine or punching bag or skier or some type of cardio machine if you haven't already invested in that. Just to have that accessible. The last piece I'd recommend in this like second tier category is a GHD attachment for the rig that just stands for glute ham developer. And the reason I'd recommend that is because you can do back extensions, you can do Nordic curls, you can do sit-ups, but I have never done them on that. And it's not really necessary, especially when you're pregnant and postpartum, but what is necessary is the back extension capability and the Nordic curl. Now you can also do those two moves without that piece. And it is a big piece, but it's easier to do with that item. Okay. So you can do Nordic curls just as long as your feet are stabilized under some type of equipment piece, like under a dumbbell storage rack, which I didn't mention that earlier, but if you are purchasing dumbbells, you're going to want to get some type of a storage rack for them. So they're not just piling up on the floor if you have, if you're going for the multiple dumbbell option and there's some small ones that can fit, you know, if you're just going to get like five to 50 pounds, that's probably what I would recommend. Honestly, get dumbbells up to 40 or 50 pounds if they're just for you as the mama, because most of you, that's going to give you everything you need for all of the lifts that I would prescribe for anything after this second tier this is where it gets into like the more specialty arena so if you're not looking for more that's certainly fine but these are some of the extras that just make it a little bit more fun i really like having options and diversity with the equipment that we have because it just gives you so many different things that you can do and it just keeps it fun and if it's fun then I'm more likely to keep doing it. So for me and my husband, it's worth it. But for you, maybe it's not worth it and you don't have the space for that, so that's okay. But what I would add next on this third tier is probably some specialty bars. So the specialty bars that we have that I actually use that I really love, one is the deadlift bar from Rogue. It's a really good bar. It's actually longer than a traditional bar and it has a little bit more whip, which means when you pull it, it is able to bend and flex a little bit more easily, which is ideal for deadlifts because as you know, if you've ever done deadlifts, it takes a long time and you feel like you're moving slow as you're pulling that weight off the ground, even though you may be trying to move and having the intent to move fast, it feels really slow. So this allows you to kind of pull up, get that bar moving, the whip kicks in and it it just flexes a little bit as you're pulling the weight up and it just feels better. I also love that one for hip thrusts for that same reason. The next bar I would recommend is like a squat and bench bar. So like a powerlifting bar, although a deadlift is technically considered a power lift. This one's just for squatting and benching. It actually has less whip, because you don't want the bar to be able to flex as much when you're squatting and benching. And it has a little bit more intense knurling, which is that rough part on the bar. The deadlift bar has that as well, but so does the squat and bench bar. It just helps you grip it better, just kind of feel the bar a little bit better. So that's the second bar I would recommend. Obviously, you've purchased already a good all-around bar. I linked a couple in that previous episode, but the hex bar, this is great. It's basically like a little hexagon shape and you can get inside it and do deadlifts. And that's really, really helpful for just if you're taller, if you don't have as much flexibility because the handles are higher off of the ground. So you're not having to bend as far down. Yeah. So that's really helpful too. We do have a couple other specialty bars, like a neutral grip bar where you can actually, there's little columns inside where you grip and they allow you to use a neutral grip on a barbell, which is, I love that for presses and inverted rows and push-ups and things like that. Those are probably the main bars that I use the most. There is an easy bar that's a shorter bar that you can get and sometimes doing curls or tricep movements with that bar is helpful. That's just kind of an extra in my opinion, but it's there as an option. One thing that I did forget to mention that I would say is in that second tier of purchases is a landmine attachment. And I just, I'll bring that up right now really quickly because if you can purchase a landmine attachment, it's really small and you can stick it inside a bumper plate or you know, basically it's just a cylindrical piece of metal. So you're just sticking it inside some type of other metal hole. And you can stick the end of the barbell in that. You can rotate it around. You can do lots of movements with the landmine. Very, very functional, very cheap and very small. So that one I would definitely add on to the second tier after you get the barbell. Some other extras would be like if you wanted to get chains or battle ropes or a sled that you can push or pull, maybe something like a larger plyometric box that's soft, you're not necessarily gonna jump on that. Maybe you are at some point, but sometimes having that more stable box is really nice. And a punching bag and like gloves can be really fun. So there's lots of things that you can kind of add on once you've got the basics. But I think it's important to get the basics, use them. And then you kind of can figure out like, what am I missing here? Is there something that I wish I had that I don't have? And then you can buy those pieces one at a time. So it doesn't have to be this huge investment up front, but it is going to be an investment. And like I said before, you have to look at it as an investment in your long-term health. It's something that's going to Help you in your habit development as a mom. And I mean, motherhood in itself, I'm just thinking of the Atomic Habits book that I read from James Clear. And in that book, I'm kind of adapting this idea to motherhood. But when it comes to exercise, motherhood is not, you're not like reaching a goal or crossing a specific finish line, right? It's a system to improve yourself along the way. So Every small action you take is really a vote for the mom that you want to be. So if you can figure out the systems and start getting those little wins, you're really just becoming more like that mom you want to be. And then you're able to pour into your kids more because you're getting these personal growth wins for yourself. And it's just it's just really fun, honestly, to start seeing it come alive and as you start to build it you start to get excited and then you realize that you've like created this small space and probably a spot in your home where maybe you weren't even using it before now you're able to use it and really start getting after these goals and it makes it so feasible because it's in your home so I'm really excited for you if you're listening to this and you're like thinking through, the wheels are turning and you're thinking about what do I want to do? Like, what do I want to build? I would encourage you to start with the basics. And if you have any other specific questions, I'm always available by email, Kelsey at smartbellsfitness.com. But again, thanks for tuning in. And just keep in mind, I think if I could summarize A couple of tips to keep in mind for once you've got everything together, okay? So get the basics, arrange it with painter's tape on the floor before you buy them, to see the footprint, to see the idea, and it'll help make it come alive and you'll really be able to see how much space you're working with and how much you need to leave for other items. With barbells, keep in mind, you're going to need two feet on either side of the barbell to load and unload comfortably without bumping into other stuff. Like I said earlier, if you and your hubby are going to train at the same time or whoever else is training in your house, consider getting two squat racks. And I know this sounds excessive, but at 5 a.m., if you're waking up early to do this before your kids get up, you're not going to want to share and have those conversations about who's using what first. Side note, my husband and I get very focused in the morning and it's like, he knows this about me. He doesn't try to have small talk with me at five in the morning and leaves me alone for the first 30 minutes because I just don't like to talk right when I get up. And my introverted self needs a little bit of a transition into the day. So... Once you've measured everything out, once you've mapped it out, make sure you buy the pieces to store the equipment before the actual equipment. This is gonna save you a lot of time and stress so there isn't crap everywhere on the floor. The last and most important thing I would say is make sure that you pick up when you're done. It's important to make it clean and keep it easy to use, which means keeping it picked up. And you wanna give yourself time to do this Otherwise it's gonna get messy and I can guarantee you're not gonna to wanna to go out there and use it as much when it's just messy because it's more work for you to get started. So I hope this was helpful and I'll talk to you again soon. Hey mama, thanks for tuning in today. Really quick before you go, if this podcast has blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. I get really excited every time I see that this show has positively impacted your life in some way. If you would do that for me, I would be so grateful. The second thing you can do is just tell another mama you think could benefit from listening to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. That's it for now. I'll see you back here soon.